Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, I do want to mention this great resource called the Version of the Bible. It's absolutely free. Download it on your phone or your device. And uh, when you got it open, uh, look in the lower right-hand corner under events. Uh, search for Arlington FM Church, and there you will find a clue complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Uh, also, uh, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you likewise search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, speaking of which, uh, we are in a series called Let's Get It Started. And uh, the invitation, if you've been with us in this series at all, is that God is up to something great, something new, and he's inviting us to, to participate to be a part of it. In fact, we've based this series on this invitation that God extends to, to anyone through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is speaking uh, to God's uh, beleaguered, beaten down people. They've been in exile for 70 years, and uh, God speaks this invitation uh, through his servant Isaiah. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't live in the past. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, God says. You know, uh, the nuances of this new season, according to what uh, God spoke through Isaiah, uh, are these. Uh, this new thing, it's a God thing. It's something God is up to. You know, I once heard someone say, uh, surfers don't try to make waves they try to ride them, and uh, there's a big difference there. And uh, this new thing that God is inviting us into, we don't have to make it happen. We just have to be open to it and realize that God is up to great and new things. It's new. It's a departure from, from the old. It's a, it's a shifting of gears. You know, I once had a, a vintage car, and uh, as I was getting used to the car, I was out on the highway going through the gears, and uh, as I drove for a few hours, I, I suddenly looked on the steering column and saw an additional switch I hadn't seen before. And uh, I flipped that switch, and lo and behold, it was an electric overdrive, and it shifted the car into a whole new gear. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. God is saying, hey, uh, I'm inviting you into a new season. It's time to shift gears from whatever you've been stuck in, whatever you've been dealing with. In this new season, is filled with clear direction. In fact, Isaiah uh, said, you're going to hear a voice. It's going to say, uh, this is the way, walk in it. Don't turn to the left, turn to the right. And it's going to come with new provision. You're not going to be sucking air, uh, trying to be uh, participating in what God is up to. God's going to renew your strength so that you can live in uh, to the new things that he wants to do in your life. It, well, each week we've asked a series, uh, really one question that highlights uh, what would uh, keep us stuck or keep us from being open to the new things that God wants to do in us. And so these questions one week at a time, uh, do you want to be well or, or do you like being where you're at so much that you're not open to God bringing new health? into your uh, circumstance and into your life. Uh, week two was, uh, what do you do with your garbage, with those issues that are still not what, where you'd like them to be? 
And uh, according to John, the beloved disciple, we can be open, transparent. We can walk in the light. We can confess our brokenness and our fails and know that God will uh, repair us along the way. Uh, week three, we ask this question, why do we lie to ourselves? You know, why do we, uh, why we're not open uh, to the truth about our condition, knowing that God accepts us as we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. And then last week, we asked this question, how do you measure success? And according, again, to John, the beloved disciple, real success is found in experiencing the forgiveness of sins, learning how to overcome evil in ourselves and in our circumstance, and uh, really coming to know God the Father as he has revealed himself through Christ. And uh, so here's the question that uh, will catapult us into John's teaching this morning, is uh, why do you let negative people uh, set the tone, uh, the quality of your relationships? Uh, why do you let others determine the quality of your relationships? You know, here's another way to ask that question. Uh, why would I allow anyone to diminish my response to Jesus Christ? And uh, you, you may think, well, how is that, uh, how is that a, an aspect of entering into new seasons? Well, uh, what we're going to find out from John is uh, really the quality of our relationship with Jesus Christ uh, is everything. And uh, if we're not open to that, we're really not in a place where we can walk into those new seasons uh, that God uh, wants to bring us into. You know, this idea of uh, having our relationships impacted uh, by other people, uh, having the tone of our lives set by those who have a negative perspective on us or uh, a read on our lives, uh, I think we're all susceptible uh, to that one negative comment. You know, we can hear 10 compliments, but it's the one criticism that we lay awake at night thinking about. And uh, that's not just a, you know, that's a human tendency is we're wired that way. We're wired to be perceptive to the negative things that are happening around us. And uh, this uh, message really is, how do we break free from that? How do we jettison ourselves out of that place where uh, our experience of life is for the most part dictated by the critics? So, uh, let me ask you this question. Do you think Jesus laid awake at night worrying about what people thought of him. Uh, somehow I don't think that that's what the disciples observed when they saw that Jesus uh, prayed like no one else prayed. Uh, he rejoiced before God. He had a peace that passed understanding. He had a, a completeness of joy. And uh, somewhere along the line, Jesus knew uh, that worrying and fretting about the opinions and the evaluation of others was not the best way to go through this life. And uh, so here's a kind of a point that will uh, we'll come to the forefront today. New seasons and new opportunities uh, will always uh, have their share of resistors. Uh, hear that again. The new seasons that we want to step into in our lives, uh, they'll always come with an entourage. There'll be uh, people, relationships that would resist and oppose our stepping in to God doing new things in our lives. Well, why is that the case? Well, uh, here's another truth. It's because uh, change in anyone 
messes up the status quo for everyone. <laughs> Hear that again. A change in anyone's life messes up the status quo in those systems, those networks of relationships that we're a part of. You know, uh, probably the best arena to see this is when someone's been an addict for any length of time. You know, uh, it's uh, common knowledge that people don't suffer addictions alone. They usually bring a whole group of people along with them, and we have uh, suppliers and codependents. And, and uh, when that addict uh, reaches a point where they start changing their lives, it requires others to change for good or for bad. And uh, often that change is resisted just because it's different. Just because, you know, the routines are suddenly uh, thrown into chaos. Well, as we look at uh, John the Beloved's uh, writings each week, you know, we've uh, referenced this new season God wants to bring us into through the lens of John the Beloved Disciple, in particular looking at the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, and the Revelation of John. And uh, John would say, you know, if you have people in your life that are holding you back from stepping in to the new seasons that God is uh, inviting you into, he would say, uh, step into them anyway. If uh, there are those in your life, in your world, that uh, would uh, resist or hinder, stand against the changes that God is wanting to bring about, uh, John would say, change anyway. In fact, here is what he writes, uh, John chapter 2. Uh, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come. In fact, this is how we know it's the last hour. And uh, it just uh, making a point, uh, this idea that it's the last hour, uh, John is saying, look, uh, we are in a season where God has already uh, opened the door for us to enter into new workings of his in our lives. And that open door uh, came through the person of Jesus Christ through his uh, life, his death on the cross, his resurrection, his victory over death and hell on our behalf has opened up to us an entirely new season of experiencing God and his work in our lives. And John is saying, look, if you're waiting uh, for some more uh, advantageous uh, time or season uh, to come for you to start responding to God in a, in a different way, in a more abundant way, uh, quit waiting around. The hour has come, John says. It's the last hour. And uh, he says, you know, uh, the good news of the kingdom of Jesus is already advancing. Uh, the new and clear direction that Isaiah spoke of, it's already happening. And Jesus said, you know, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to me. They go in and out. They find pasture. Uh, they're experiencing God's kingdom come now through the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, John would say, what are you waiting for? Let's get it started. Uh, he, so he says, this is indeed the last hour. And then he mentions this rather ominous uh, comment, makes this ominous comment. He says, look, you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. Well, I'm telling you, even now, many Antichrists have come. In fact, this is how we know it's the last hour we're living in. And then he talks about a certain group of people that were a part of their community, part of their network of relationships, and uh, for reasons that John uh, kind of alludes to but doesn't really put his finger on in this uh, part of his text, 
He says, look, there were some that went out from us, but they didn't really belong to us. They weren't really a part of our community of faith, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us. You know, uh, we mentioned this uh, phrase, this word that John uses, the Antichrist. And uh, here's, a, here's a bit of a definition of how John is using this word. Uh, an Antichrist, in John's perspective, is any influence, any teaching, any person that darkens, devalues, or diminishes your response to the revelation of God and Jesus Christ. I want you to kind of ponder those words with me uh, again for a moment. Uh, John is saying there is a spirit in the world. It stands against the clear revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. John names that the Antichrist, and it's any influence, uh, any person, any teaching that darkens, devalues, or diminishes your response to the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. And uh, you would say, well, wait a minute. Is John saying that uh, uh, people that used to be with us used to be a part of our faith community, but now have left? Uh, they are Satan worshipers? They're the Antichrist? Well, uh, sort of. Well, not really. Uh, what John is saying is, look, uh, there is a spirit in the world that's going to devalue the importance of your response to Jesus Christ, going to try to distract you from that. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus once said to his good friend, his follower, Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan, for you don't have in mind the interests of God. You're thinking about the things of man. And uh, John uh, picks up on that idea and says, look, uh, when you have people who disqualify you, who 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 diminish your, your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, really, uh, there's a devil working through that influence and trying to uh, cast doubt on the nearness that you enjoy with God through your faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, we can buy into that. We can become susceptible to that. We can begin to judge and critique our own relationship with God through Christ based on the evaluations and the criteria and the standards that others might set for us. And John is saying, look, why would you waste your time doing that? Uh, why would you uh, allow yourself to become pulled away from this marvelous relationship that Christ gave everything to purchase for you because someone has deemed you unworthy or disqualified you? or has a special knowledge that you don't have, and they're trying to devalue your response to Christ. John says, stop doing that. In fact, he goes on, he says, uh, but you, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you, you know the truth. In fact, John would say, look, I'm not writing to you because you don't know the truth, but I'm writing to you because you do know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. You know, this is, a, this is an important truth that John is un, uh, revealing here, is that uh, as someone uh, who has put your hope in Jesus Christ, you've opened up to the, uh, the revelation of the eternal God come down to earth in the person 
of Jesus Christ, and you've said, I believe that. I believe that the unseen, invisible God came to this planet and birth of Jesus Christ and displayed what God is like, laid down his life for me so that I could have a relationship with God. I could be born again. John is saying, look, when you put your faith in that revelation, the truth became deposited in your heart. And uh, John is saying, look, you know how to follow Jesus. Uh, this is not rocket science. Uh, this is revelation. Uh, God has come to you through the person of Jesus Christ, and you can trust that. You can rest in that. No matter how complicated life gets, uh, Jesus said it like this, that my sheep hear my voice. They go in and out and find pasture. Uh, they know how to walk with me, how to follow me. And uh, this is uh, exactly what Isaiah was talking about, that God was going to do something new where uh, direction would be clear, where we'd hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so John is affirming that. He's saying, look, uh, don't allow the quality of what Christ has given you with the Father uh, to be uh, diminished or devalued by the voices of other people. Uh, John goes, says, who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, John is saying, look, the spirit of falsehood, the spirit of the Antichrist is anyone who would uh, minimize the fact that God has made himself clearly known through Jesus Christ. Uh, such a person is the Antichrist, John says, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Again, uh, hear John saying, look, you can trust that God has made himself fully known to you through Jesus Christ. When you put your hope on that, you get God. There's nothing uh, that's withheld. Uh, as Jesus said, he gives the Spirit without measure, that when you open up to the revelation the knowledge of God through the person of Jesus Christ. You get it all. You get this wonderful relationship with the Father. Now, uh, what John is not uh, teaching us, it doesn't matter how we live, that we can uh, you know, have faith in Christ and be anarchists. That's not at all what John is teaching. In fact, if you've been with us uh, through this study, uh, just read chapter 1 of John's epistle. He talks about those who believe in Christ, that God has revealed himself through Christ, should walk in the light. They should be open to the truth. Uh, when their sins come out, they should confess them and be honest with God and with people that uh, those who say they know God should obey the command of Christ to love people. Uh, those who say they follow Jesus should live like Jesus in the world and banish hatred from their hearts. See, uh, what John is saying is that if we're truly responding to Jesus Christ, that's all we need to be doing uh, to be walking in a wonderful relationship with God the Father. John will kind of bring this to a conclusion. He says, look, as for you, see that what you heard from the beginning remains in you. That's, a, that's John's key exhortation you believe that God showed up in your life through Jesus Christ. Well, cling to that. Hold on to that. 
whatever storm you're going through, whatever new season you're walking into, hold on to that truth that God has come to you in Jesus Christ. See that it remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father, and uh, this will be the outcome. This is what he promised us, eternal life. Uh, see, really, it comes down uh, to the quality of our response to Jesus Christ. Will we cling to him? Will we hold to him? Will we trust him? Will we depend on him? Will we rest in him and follow him in the new seasons of our lives? Uh, John ends with these wonderful words. He says, look, folks, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you away from that solid relationship you have with Christ. As for you, the anointing, this awareness of truth uh, that you receive from him, it remains in you. It's a part of your life. You do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, it's not fake, just as he taught you, remain in him. You know, uh, folks, these are unusual times that we're going through in our world. They're unusual times that we're going through uh, in the community of faith. And uh, some of the things in a really complicated time get really clear. What matters more than anything? There are so many things we could gravitate to, so many things we could cling to. Uh, but John uh, writes into an unsure time. His words come alive to us. Uh, the one thing you really ought to cling to is your relationship with God the Father through the revelation of Jesus Christ, that uh, there's nothing hidden about God that isn't revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, I was uh, thinking this last week. In some ways, uh, there's kind of a global hurricane we're all going through. Well, if you live in Florida, in the, the Gulf Coast, it's more than a global hurricane. It was very specific. Hurricane Ian about a week ago, and uh, one of the teachers I follow uh, had an experience with that hurricane. In fact, uh, he and his wife were invited to speak at a conference in Orlando, and uh, as they got close to the conference, they began watching uh, the weather reports, saw that Hurricane Ian was uh, storming towards Florida. They kept waiting for the conference to be canceled, but it wasn't. And uh, they assumed that, well, we made a commitment. It's still going on. I guess we should go. And so they flew uh, into Orlando uh, on a Sunday prior to the week that uh, Hurricane Ian hit. And uh, they said uh, when they finally got to the conference, uh, about 90% of the people had canceled. And the 10% that were there were pretty preoccupied as the, uh, he and his wife spoke at this breakout session. They said that most of those in attendance were checking their phones, checking their flights, uh, trying to figure out how they were going to get out of town after the evening came to a close. And uh, he said when they finished their gig, uh, they called a friend who uh, lived in Fort Lauderdale, had grown up in Florida, lived there all his life. And they said, hey, what should we do? Uh, we got this hurricane storming in. We need to get out of town, get back home. And uh, he said, everyone's driving north. Uh, a lot of people at the conference were heading to Atlanta or Nashville, try to get out of town. And uh, their friend who lived in Fort Lauderdale said, well, don't drive north. 
If you drive north, you're going to join 100,000 plus other people all trying to do the same thing. He said, what you need to do is drive south, <laughs> drive into the hurricane. And uh, he said, if all, all the airports, the one that's going to stay open the longest is Miami Airport. And uh, he encouraged them to uh, drive down the west coast of Florida or the east coast of Florida. And uh, they would just hit the outskirts of the hurricane but they should arrive safely. Well, uh, as uh, four hours into their drive down the coast, they said the, uh, the rains were torrential, the winds were kicking up, and they were getting quite frightened. In fact, even more so, when over their phone, there came an emergency alert from the National Weather Service, and it said, if you are out in a vehicle, take shelter now. <laughs> and so he said his wife began to imagine cows and semi-trucks flying through the air. And uh, they got a call from their friend uh, shortly after that. And he said, hey, look, uh, you probably ought to get off the freeway. You're pretty close to my house. Go ahead and turn inland and uh, drive to my house. We'll put you up for the night. Make sure you get to the airport in the morning and uh, as a judge shares uh, that feeling when they pulled into the property of, of their friend he said he opened the door of the car and he actually had tears in his eyes because he felt we found shelter from the storm we found a safe place we're going to get through this and, you know that's the feeling that john is inviting all of us into regardless of what is happening circumstantially uh, what is happening uh, politically nationally even in the community of faith john says look why would you let anyone or anything diminish the quality of your response to jesus christ if you remain in him uh, it's going to be well and you're going to experience wonderful things from god and the outcome is going to be the life that he promised uh, before i lead you in a prayer i, I was reminded uh, of this story that highlights this truth who is your audience of significance? In other words, as you go into your day, uh, who is it that you're really looking to please? Whose expectations do you not want to let down? Well, John would say, uh, how about make it Jesus Christ? Uh, how about abide in him so that his life could abide in you? And uh, this story, it's an old one, you probably heard it, but it's about a, an acting guild that uh, had a, a long-running play fact it was uh, ran for years uh, seven days a week and uh, you can imagine uh, doing the same old same old would get pretty tiring but uh, one night as they prepared to go out and go through their lines once again there was a unique electricity uh, behind the set and uh, there was an enthusiasm and excitement and they gave the performance of their lives and uh, what you had found out is that uh, somewhere right about showtime a word got out that the, the king was in the audience. And uh, as the, the actors heard that wonderful news, it entered and it created a great enthusiasm in them. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the king is in your house and uh, he can be your audience of significance and he can be your shelter in the midst of any storms that come your way. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we want to thank you so much for your invitation to step into new seasons of your working, new things that you want to do uh, in our hearts, in our heads, in our homes, 
in our marriages, on the job, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our country. Lord, thank you that you're a God of new things. You're a God who breathes uh, fresh enthusiasm and excitement into our hearts. And uh, Lord, we want to step in uh, to your direction. We want to experience your provision. We thank you that all of that, God, is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. As John recorded uh, from the words of Jesus, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And uh, Lord, thank you that you've come to us so clearly and that we can embrace you, we can live in you, we can remain in you. And maybe if you're hearing these words, you realize you've never devoted your life to Jesus Christ in the way that John is talking about. But you know, that's exactly what you need. Uh, I would encourage you, wherever you're at, wherever you're hearing these words, that in your own heart, you would say, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, come into my life. I, I want that peace that passes understanding. I want that comfort and that guidance, that uh, confidence that I've heard is in you. And, and so, Lord, uh, I'm trusting you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm turning my attention towards you. Lord, become my audience of significance, I pray in your wonderful name. Amen.